great to have you here and thanking you for coming out. Aaron said they were his cars. Nobody believed him. There was silence across the auditorium. But if you do reach under your chair at the moment, one of those cars could be yours. There's a little thing if you've got, no, I'm just joking. It's not happening. Okay, those things are firmly under the owner's uh, uh, seat. So, um, hey, hey, a very warm welcome if you're joining us online today or watching us or listening on podcasts. So great to have you. Church, would you welcome those who are watching online? So good. And uh, if you're ever in our area, please feel free to come and join one of our services. We would love to have you here. God, we just pray as we come to the Word today that you would shift and shape us, Father God, into that which you would have us be. As Aaron said, Father, may we leave here different than how we came in. Father God, from glory to glory. Father God, you are the God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to your power that is at work within us. And we receive that today. And everybody said, Amen. And so today we're beginning the first part of our success series. And uh, uh, this is a uh, three-part series. And I may extend it a little bit further, a little bit later, later on. But we're doing an initial three-part series talking about the whole area of success. I want to put some theology around this whole area of success. And if you're new to the Bible or new to church, theology is just a real fancy word for teaching. That's all it means. It just means teaching. And so I want to put some teaching around the area of success because I believe that all of us have, uh, uh, I, I believe all of us want in some measure to be a success in our life. Can I hear an amen? About three of you, or maybe the others don't. I said, I think all of us, a good time to say amen. Yeah, I'm believing God for success in some measure or form of our lives. I don't think anyone goes through life going, well, I just want to be a failure. I just want to be, that's my goal in life. I just want to be a failure. I don't think anyone goes through their life like that. And even if you were here and you uh, were thinking like that, then I'd say really in a weird kind of way, you're wanting to be successful at at least that. Can I hear an amen? You're at least trying to be, I want to be successful at that. I want to achieve achieve that. So uh, in a strange kind of way. But what is success? Really, when we're thinking about it, what is success? And is God really into success? Is God happy about success? What does the Bible have to say about business success? What does the Bible have to say about, uh, about profit? What does the Bible have to say about wealth? I mean, when you think about wealth as a, as a person, do you think about wealth as a, as a pie and there's only so much to go around and this person's got a piece of the pie and why they got a really big piece of the pie and the dude who owns the Lamborghini, he's got a massive piece of the pie and how come I've got only a little piece of the pie? Oh, you should give me some of your pie over here. Come on. So maybe people see wealth like that. Others would encourage you to see wealth like a river. And it flows. And somehow you just got to get a spoon and there's enough for everybody if you can just dig down in there and pull it out. So what does God think about success? What is, is it okay for Christians to have money? Is it okay for Christians to have a lot of money? What does God think about those type of things? It's important that we have some understanding of God's word around 
those type of areas. And, uh, you know, if you say, well, man, is it okay for, for a Christian to have money? It's like someone uh, said, I, I've been poor and I've been rich, but I like rich better. Mm-hmm. Come on, somebody. Don't, don't pretend you don't either. Don't, don't, don't anybody go in here and be saying, I couldn't do, I don't need any more money. Does anybody, come on, if you're honest right now, do you, would, you be, would it be helpful to have some more money? Yeah. Thank, thank you. The rest of you are liars. That's just how it is. The thing is, of course we want it. Why? Not just for ourselves. If we have nothing, we can do nothing. If we have something, we can do something. If we have a, 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 a little bit, we can do a little bit. If we have a lot, we can do a lot. What? To change a hurting world. So what does God think about these type of things? And so I hope in this series to put some good thinking, not stinking thinking, around this whole area. And the first thing I want to just say, or my first sort of point or uh, thing that I want to look at today, and just asking the question really, it's more of a question, do you really believe in success? Do you Usually I would say we. Do we really believe in success? But I'm really pointing it at you. I want to make this personal. Do you believe in success? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 in the Bible tells us this. It says, For he who comes to God must believe that he is. In order to come to God, you must believe that he actually exists. And in fact, the verse before that says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you must believe that God exists in order to come to him. But then it goes on to say this. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that God is, he is a rewarder. Everybody say a rewarder. Say it like you believe it now. He's a rewarder. Tell your neighbor. He's a? Come on, tell your neighbor on the other side. He's a? Boy. Some of you are not too convinced. He is a rewarder. Do you actually believe that he is a rewarder? I didn't say it. The Bible says it. Of those who diligently seek him. See, in the book of Genesis in the Bible, we find the amazing story of Joseph. In fact, it's such a good story that they're even writing musicals and stuff about it. I think it's touring the country at the moment. Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat is based out of the story in the Bible. But it tells us in Genesis chapter 39 that the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. He prospered. God was with him, not against him. As he prospered, I want you to understand that. God was with him, not against him. God did not look at him when he became successful. God did not look at his success and say, you're getting far too successful now. I need to pull myself back because you're getting too big for your boots. I'm just going to pull yourself back. No, in fact, the Bible says that God enabled his success. It says this, God did not withdraw. He enabled him to become successful. In fact, the Scripture tells us that God was the one who enabled him to do it. Listen, Genesis 39, verses 3 and 4. It says, When the master saw that the Lord was with him. What was he? He was with him, and the Lord gave him success. The Lord gave him success in everything he did. Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. I don't know about you. But I think it would be pretty cool to have, like Joseph, 
success in everything. The Bible mentions King David's success in much the way as it speaks of Joseph's. And in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 14, the scripture says, In everything, everybody say everything. Not just some things. In everything he did, he had what? Great success. Because the Lord was with him. And then we go on to read that his success grew and grew. In 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 30, it said, David met with more success than the rest of Saul's officers, and his name became well known. I want to ask you today here at Connect Church, and if you're watching online, do you really believe that God is a rewarder of those who seek him? Do you actually believe that? Do you believe that, that, that God would give you, like Joseph and like David, not just success, not just great success, not just more success, but success in everything? Do you really believe that? Do you really believe, actually, that God is even interested in your success? The reason I ask that is simply this, is because over the years, I've discovered that a lot of Christians are not too sure if God wants them to be a success. They're, in fact, even talking about it, and I even know that from some comments after the last service, even talking about it makes, makes people uncomfortable. They, 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 they start to think, because we live in a world uh, uh, now where we're where I, I, again, where, where Christians can, can when they where appear successful, can almost be embarrassed by it. I said a lot. Of, uh, 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 uh. It's funny. As I'm doing that, I'm going. I'm doing that. Why am I doing that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I want this message to be successful. I do. But like I said, I've discovered over the years, Christians are not too sure that they even become uncomfortable talking about success. It's almost like. Success is a dirty word. It's like a dirty word. You can't follow God and have success. It's like they're two separate things that, that, that somehow uh, to even think like that is kind of ungodly and sort of worldly. And it's not something you should, it's perhaps necessary to, to have success, but it's not something you should chase. It's not something you should aim for and go after. It's something almost to be embarrassed by. Jevon's got his new R8 Audi out there, and all the girls go, I don't know what that is, but the guys are like, cool. <laughs> Man, hope I can get a ride after the service. But he's got his new car there, but last week I knew he was getting that because he'd been sharing it with me, and we'd been talking about it, and he was showing me uh, uh, the photos and, and just said, Pastor, would you bless it? No, he didn't say that, but that, uh, that, so as long as I get to drive 10% of the time. No, the, 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 that's your drive. No, so, so, no, I didn't say any of that. I didn't say any of that. Oh, come out, come out. Uh, uh, so, but we, we, we were just talking and, and stuff, so I knew this was a dream of his and he'd been talking about it for, uh, for a while. But I said, can you bring your car? We're doing the success series. It'd be really great if you could put your car there. And just like, you know, we're, we're doing the whole success series. It's kind of cool, you know. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'll be happy to do that as long as nobody knows who the owner is. And I said to him, that's the problem. 
That's the problem. Because somehow we're embarrassed about that success. We're embarrassed about the fact that we own it, that somehow I've got to hide it or, or keep it on the quiet. Like there's almost this unwritten thing. A Christian can't be successful. You can't follow God and be successful. I'm here today to tell you that's a load of rubbish. It is. It is. And if, you don't, if we don't get that, thank you all five of you for clapping. Come on, if we're going to clap, let's clap. Either we've, See, this is what I'm saying. Do you actually believe that? I, I know some of you will be wrestling with this in your heart. Because you'll be talking about and things and like someone asked me, someone's inevitably going to ask me, well, didn't the Bible say to the rich man, go and give all you had to the poor? You can't base your whole theology on just one passage of Scripture. You've got to see that God was, was, was working powerfully in many people's lives, whether it's Abraham, whether it's, whether, I mean, he was like richer than rich. Now, I'm not just talking about God make me rich and give me a Mercedes and help me own this and own that. I'm not talking about that type of thing, as you'll see as we walk through this. But you have to understand that there is a measure of success that God wants for our lives. If someone was to ask me, well, what is success then, Pastor? Someone put it like this. Success is the achievement of something desired, planned, or attempted. So what do you desire? What are you desiring? The Bible says he'll give us the desires of our heart. What are you desiring? What, what are you planning? What are you attempting? Maybe you're here today and you're, 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 you're saying, I want to get married. I was like, you're 12, just relax. But maybe you hear, I want to get married. Well, I want you, I want you to be successful there. How many know? I think God wants you to be successful there. Maybe you're a family man and you're just saying, man, I want to be an amazing dad. I want to be, I want to be, come on, that's a good thing to be. Yeah, I want to be an amazing dad. I want to be an amazing mom. I want to be an amazing, maybe you're a single parent and, and life hasn't worked out how you thought it would. And you just go, well, I'm going to be the most amazing single parent family in the world. What's wrong with that? Nothing. I think that's kind of cool. What are you believing for? What are you desiring for? What are you attempting? You actually believe that God is for you? Maybe, maybe you, like I say, you want to be a great mom. You want to be a great dad. Maybe, maybe it's a business venture. Maybe it's a business venture. Chris and Donna Orchard, they're, they're, they've just, uh, there they are down there. Give us a wave. Give us a wave. Come on. Hello, hello. Choice pies, everybody. Delicious pies. Just a, delicious pies. Delicious pies. And we've got Kiss and Bake Up here as well. There's a, not a barrel. The Lord's going to bless them all. The Lord's going to bless them all. Bless them all. But he's just le- left a job to, to pioneer a business venture. He's just left a job to pioneer a business venture because he's believing that God's going to do something. So they've just taken over the cafe at the airport. So if you pass through the airport, buy a coffee and uh, again, and just uh, put it into the circle of life. And it just, it'll, you know, it just works. Just throw it in there. But, but they're also taking over the air to their cafe and, and, and doing that. And so I'm going to make some uh, business there. But they're, they're, they're ste- stepping out in that business venture. Maybe it's to build a house. Maybe it's to embark on a, a new venture. I don't know what it would be, but whatever it is, I don't think it is too much to say that God wants you to succeed. God wants His church and His people, you are the church, to succeed. So really to succeed is really just to get something right. To succeed 
is to get something right. But can I say this? In order for us to succeed in any field or any business endeavor, I would say the first thing you have to settle in your heart, even today, is that I believe that God is interested in my success. I think you've got to settle that in your heart. Because I want to tell you, if you struggle to succeed, you, sorry, you will struggle to succeed if you secretly or subconsciously don't believe that. If you're making or trying to sell a product and you don't believe that you're any good, your product's any good, you are going to struggle trying to sell that. You're going to struggle. If you secretly believe and you're saying, well, I've confessed it 20 times. Uh, but, but, but I want to tell you, if you secretly don't believe, if you're sitting here going, no, I don't believe God wants me to be successful. I, I, I want to tell you, you're going to have difficulty succeeding. I, I want to drill into you today that it is God's heart for you to succeed. I'm not talking about becoming millionaires. I'm not talking about uh, uh, that kind of thing. But just in general life, God's heart is for, but some of you may become millionaires. Why not? Come on, good place to say amen. Come on. Sometimes, you know what? We think everybody else, I can believe it for everybody else, but I can't believe it for me. Come on. I'm preaching good now. We believe it for everybody else. We believe it for that guy over there and that guy over there, but I can't believe it for me. I want you to go out of here different than how you came in, actually believing that it could be for me as well. God's heart is for you. He's not against you. He's for you. You will struggle to succeed if you secretly, subconsciously don't believe that. Why? Because remember, what we believe determines how we live. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, For as he thinketh, as a man thinketh, everybody say thinketh. I like that. For as he thinketh, as a man or a woman thinketh in his heart, so he is. We cannot expect to succeed at something we secretly believe is not of God. You just can't. Or that God's not into, or we, or we think is not going to work. You will have difficulty succeeding if you're trying to start a business and you don't think it's going to work. You have to actually believe in the success of what you're attempting. It's important. You have to actually believe it. In the Scriptures, Nehemiah set out to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. If you New to the Bible, Nehemiah was a, he had a professional job, man. He was like a big shot. I mean, he, his profession was he worked for the king. And he had a real high-pressure job as well. He was the cupbearer of the king. So he'd go, okay, any poison in this? Uh, I'm still alive. Okay, here, king, you can drink. So this was a high-pressure job. But he had another passion. He had a passion to see the broken-down walls of a city rebuilt. And so he went and he wept before the king and he said, hey man, love serving you, but I got this passion. I've got this thing inside me that I want to see uh, uh, accomplished. And so he went out and he, he, he raised some funds from the king and stuff. He went out and he basically made that happen. He went back to Jerusalem, got a whole lot of people working for him. They all started building. They caught the vision of that which he was uh, uh, trying to do. And they began to build the wall. But in the middle of that, as he started to build it, there were these other guys who came along. And you, maybe you've had these guys in your own life. They started coming and they're saying, oh, what are you doing? 
You can't build the wall. I don't think you're going to make it. I don't think you can do this. What are you doing this for? Do you think you can uh, succeed? And they started, they were like the naysayers. They were the ones pulling him down and saying, you can't do this. What are you doing? You're wasting your time. It'll never, uh, never work. Can I just say, friends, if you are not convinced about the fact that God's heart is for your success, let me tell you, in life, you're always going to have the naysayers. You're always going to, come on, I'm preaching good. You're always going to have people in your life telling you how you can't do something, how you shouldn't do something, and how you can't. It's just how, how it is. But you've got to be, again, convinced in your heart, this is what God wants to do. He's for my success. I remember making a prayer diary one time in India and uh, I used to run a publishing company that we, uh, we started in India and a lot of the people who had uh, converted through the ministry and stuff were working for that uh, publishing company. We were able to provide them jobs because that's what wealth does. If we can create, we can get jobs, we can help people, we can assist their families and we still support those churches today. But I'd made these prayer diaries and I thought they were pretty good. I'd worked hard on them. And basically, we had a, we're having a conference with Youth with a Mission. And I, 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 I took all the diaries there, and I was like, man, I'm going to sell these babies. And then, oh, no, I wasn't selling babies, the diaries. So, <laughs> yeah, stuff goes on. So I'm like, I'm going to sell these things. And so I went, and one of my friends was there. He was a, like a big shot uh, accountant. So he's from England, and, and um, he, he worked for a big accounting firm called PricewaterhouseCoopers. And, and so he was, he's like in the know of how finances work and all that, that type of thing. And shoot, can I just say that if I'd listened to everything of how finances would work, here's the thing. I know nothing. I know nothing. I just believe God, and somehow he works it out in the process. Can I hear a good amen if you're like me? So I didn't know what was going on. Don't be stupid, though. Uh, but uh, I, <laughs> I'll talk about that in a minute. But the, the, the thing is, I was making these dives, and he came to me, and he said, it's not going to work. They're not very good. They're useless. I don't think anyone's going to buy these. He was from London, I think. I don't know. He's from Nottingham. I don't know how people in Nottingham talk, but I'm from London. And so he's like, this, is not, this ain't going to work, mate. This ain't going to work. And I, I came back, didn't I? I, I? Don't say I cried. I didn't cry. Maybe I did. Maybe a little bit. Because again, you poured your heart and soul in it. You, you ever poured your heart and soul into something only for someone to go, eh, eh, eh. Come on, admit it right now. Have you done something? It might be a school project or whatever. whatever. That's what it was like for me. But see, here's the thing. I was like Nehemiah. I was convinced that, that God was, oh, what, what, was doing, doing something uh, in there. And I just went and did it anyway. And when I did it, by the time the conference was over, I'd sold every flipping diary that was, uh, that was there. And here's the thing. He came and apologized to me later on. And, and I was just like, yeah, what do you want to go to say? No, I, was, I was so humble. But the, uh, um, hey, I'm proud of how humble I am. I'm just, um, the, the thing is... He, he came and apologized. He's like, man, I don't know why I even said that. I don't know. You, you, you're going to have people who come to you and tell you that you can't do th- something. And I want to tell you that later on, they're going to go, I don't know why I even uh, said that. You've got to remember, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. An enemy who wants to scrub, steal, and destroy and rob you of your destiny and all that God has for you. We can't let him. We can't let him. The naysayers were saying to Nehemiah, come down off the wall. Stop it. What are you doing? You won't be able to succeed in this. But look how Nehemiah responded to the naysayers. How did he respond? Well, he gave a clear and direct positive statement based on his knowledge of the Word of God and what he truly believed. Here's what Nehemiah said to the naysayers. I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. Do you believe that for your life? 
Do you believe that the God of heaven will give you success? It might be elusive at the moment, but you need to believe it like Nehemiah with full conviction. Like Nehemiah, despite opposition, despite difficulty, God's heart is for you to succeed. Good place to say amen. amen. His heart is for you to succeed. That's why Thomas Watson said this, to be successful in business, you have to have your heart in your business and your business in your heart. You have to be absolutely convinced that God's desire is for you and not against you. You have to be convinced that God is not against success. He's not against business success. The God who enabled Joseph and David and Nehemiah, the God of heaven will grant you success. Come on, if you would believe that he could only do that. Understand this. From a biblical point of view, we don't just prosper for ourselves. The principle of Scripture is this. We are blessed to be a blessing. We prosper so that we might share both our success and rewards with others. It's not just to get rich so you can say, look at me, look at me, look at me. Wealth and all that we have, whatever is given, it's all given by God. All wealth is given by God. You might think, well, I did this. You've got to understand wealth alone comes from the Lord. It can be there today and gone tomorrow, my friend. You can't trust in riches. You can only trust in the name of the Lord, your God, from whom wealth comes. His blessing comes. And what He gives to you is not just for ourselves, but we're blessed to be a blessing. Whether that be a gift or a skill or a talent or whatever it can be used, it's not to be contained for ourselves, but to bless others. Can I hear an amen? We're to be blessed to be a blessing. What do I mean? Well, there was a guy named Samuel Truett Cathy. He's a Christian businessman in America. He owns the fast food American uh, uh, chain called Chick-fil-A. When we were in the States recently and I got my tooth pulled out, I felt like a milkshake. And so we went to uh, Chick-fil-A and, and I knew I'd heard about Chick-fil-A as a, a very strong Christian uh, company run with Christian ethics all the way, uh, all the way through. And so this guy, when he started this company, he's widely known and respected and has built his business on Christian principles. Listen to the mission statement of his company. The mission statement of his company is to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us, to have a positive influence on all who come into contact with Chick-fil-A. The chain, what does it do? It invests heavily into community services, especially for children and youth, gives scholarships. Kathy believes Beliefs are also responsible for one of the chain's most distinctive features, and that's this. Every Chick-fil-A right across the country is closed on a Sunday, as well as on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Kathy states this as the final step in his five-step recipe for business success. He says this, I was not so committed to financial success that I was willing to abandon my principles and priorities. One of the most visible examples of this is our decision to close on Sundays. Our decision to close on Sundays was our way of honoring God and directing our attention to the things that mattered more than our business. Now, because he made that decision, 
in the malls and stuff, a lot of malls kicked him out. A lot of malls said, no, you've got to be open. He said, no, they kicked him out. They threw him out. But let me tell you about Mr. Cathy. He is the 799th richest man in the world. He has recently given $23 million to youth works and trusts and scholarships for training over the last few years. The company operates 1,606 stores in 39 states and continues to be a true success story. Here is a Christian businessman who serves the Lord, puts God first, and has succeeded in business. These type of stories should inspire us to believe that we too can be a success. That, that following God and putting God first, first does not, is not uh, um, uh, mutually opposed or uh, uh, against business success. What this story teaches us is that you can follow God and be a success. Can I hear an amen? You can do business and follow God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So what God did right from the beginning was to put Adam and Eve to work in the garden. Listen, I want to tell you, success and following God are not mutually exclusive. Through his company, he provides employment to thousands of families. Millions is poured into the economy to help the disadvantaged. Blessed to be a blessing. What is this? I want to tell you what it is. It's prosperity with purpose. It's profit with purpose, not just for ourselves, but we're blessed to be a blessing. So number one, in order for us to succeed, whether in business or any profession, is this all right today? Yes. Whether in business or any profession or any field, you have to actually believe in the success of what you're attempting. You actually have to believe that God is for you and not against you, whether it's being in your family life, whether it's in your business life, whether it's going to be going for exams at the end of the year if you're at college. I mean, you have to believe that God is for you. Now, that doesn't mean you just sit around and say, well, the Lord's just going to do it. I don't have to study. The Lord's just going to... No, no, that's, that's not... <laughs> All the parents, you need to say amen right there. I mean, this is not how it works. But you've got to believe in that God is for you and desires your success the first thing. The second thing you've got to understand when talking about success in general or in the business world is simply this. Success takes hard work. Success takes hard work. Someone said this, success is directly related to a hard work and effort, not luck or a divine act. In other words, God always works in our works. I love that. God always works in our works. The way to become successful is not, have you got your ticket? And let, oh, lot of I hope I went. That is not the way. Success, come on, somebody, I'm preaching good, takes hard work. God works in our works. He blesses, actually, the work of our hands. Someone said this, you really end up where you want to be by accident. It's true. You really end up where you want to be by accident. You get there on purpose. You get there on purpose. Psalm 78 Verse 72, sorry, chapter, uh, Psalm 78, verse 72. It says this about King David. It said, David shepherded the people with integrity of heart and with the skillfulness of his hands. He led them. So what is that talking about? The passion of his heart, but then he did the hard work with his hands to make it happen. That's what brought success to him. He, that's, that's how uh, they got success. As someone said, it took me 20 years 
to become an overnight success. In other words, there is no such thing as an overnight success. It takes hard work. I just saw AJ uh, uh, there this week posted on his Facebook post. He's been running your music school. How long, AJ? Six, six, yeah, so like for years now, for years. But this week, he celebrated that he'd, he'd achieved a, the hundredth student has joined uh, his course and, and, and that. It's been so easy, hasn't it, Andrew? It's just, he's like, <laughs> you know. There's no way. You know it's been difficult. You know it's been hard. But again, when any type of business like that, you've got to know it's going to take hard work and many years of hard work. So we celebrate with you on your success. And that may you get 200 students, uh, may double faster than what you got, got that. But we've got to understand that takes hard work. Zig Ziglar, and this is my favorite comment in the whole message today, said this, a lot of people quit looking for work as soon as they find a job. Mm-mm. I'll let that sink in for a little bit. It's true, isn't it? A lot of people go, oh, I found a job. I'll go real hard out and get it and just say, I'm going to take it easy here. Now, we need to understand if we're going to succeed in life, it takes hard work. We saw Jevin and Justin's cars. Maybe it's people's names who start with J. I don't know, but... And James, oh yes, Jevin James, and he's got the Porsche out there. And, and, and so he was feeling bad before because he didn't make it into the list on the front. Thing. But we love him, James, come on. <laughs> Local counselor making a difference, come on. <laughs> you know, he only pushed for the expressway so he could drive his Porsche really fast on it. That's, that's the only reason behind the whole thing, you know. But can I, just, uh, can I just say this? They've got those cars out there and they've worked hard for them. Friend, if they came up to me and said, you know, if Jeff came up and said, Adam, you know, I've got the car out there. I've, you know, oh, man, I love these cars. I've worked really hard. I've sold the wife. I've mortgaged the, I've mortgaged the house. I've got debt up to my eyeballs and all that type of thing so I can look rich. I would say, don't park your car there. Don't park your car there. Because friends, there's a difference between trying to look rich and then being rich. You've got to understand, a lot of people out there are debt up to eyeballs uh, uh, with them. I'll buy five cars and I'll do all of this, and the debt is crushing them. They are wanting to look rich, but they are not actually rich. See, you've got to understand, friends, whatever they have, when Jevin and that put those cars out there, it's because they've worked hard, they've saved, they've earned, they've, they've sacrificed. They did a year of mints and sausages uh, uh, on just one year as he was working through, through his career. As it, because you've got to understand, for Jevin, he's dreamed of that car since he's a boy. And so he's worked really hard over the last 22 years to get there. And friend, I want to I, I tell you uh, uh, something about them. Uh, uh, again, what's he done? He's used the passion of his heart and the skillfulness of his hands. He's actually changed the way New Zealand is policed right now. In fact, Jevin is the, uh, if, for those of you who don't know, he is now one of the highest ranking police officers in the country holding the position of assistant commissioner of police. And he is the youngest to do so in New Zealand police history. Come on. This, this is great. And so he has worked, he has worked a number of different pressure-filled roles to get there. And you might think, well, it's just easy for him, it's just worked out. No, his day starts at 5 a.m. And he often gets home at 7 p.m. He is responsible for 500 staff. He has 500 staff under them and responsible for a budget of $190 million. 
Friends, he works hard for the things that he has. If you want to be successful in life, you have to understand hard work is required. Shem here just this week, he's dreamed for many years of building games and things like that. Just this week, Shem himself has raised, even with his beard, has raised $500,000. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Somebody's going, pick me, pick me, pick me. $500,000. Why? Because he combined the passion of his heart with the skillfulness of his hands. He decided, he's like, man, I've got a dream for building games. So he's just pulled off full-time work and now thrown himself into the dream of creating games, just using the skills that he has. Come on, one more time for Shem. Now, Shem, it's been so easy, hasn't it? No, he's, he's lying. He's lying. I remember when he wanted to raise the first $10,000. He was sweating. He was thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Now he just laughs at $10,000. It's just like, uh, like nothing. He's just in a whole, a whole new league. See, in Scripture, can I say this? To those, those who use their God-given abilities to rise above the norm, to excel, to do well in whatever field, can I tell you, they are not condemned by God. They're not even penalized by Him. Some Christians think like that. We're, New Zealanders, you know that's a part of our culture? You stick your head up and we'll knock it off. It's amazing how many New Zealanders go out from New Zealand, do amazing things. Brian Houston or different other ones, Phil Pringle and different ones and can succeed in another place because there's something about our New Zealand culture that will knock, knock you down. But you know, the Scriptures actually tell us this. That for those who succeeded, God didn't punish them. God didn't leave them. The Scriptures tell us He didn't even penalize them. In fact, what He did to those who were successful is He rewarded them and gave them even more success than they had before. Now you might say to me, show me in Scripture where that's taught. And I'll say, okay, I will. But you'll have to come back for part two next week to find out where it says that in the Bible as we continue to talk about success. And can I encourage you, even as we bring this service to a close, if you know a business person or you know someone who would be benefit by this, because a lot of people sitting there, I don't know if I believe in myself. I don't know if I believe it's a, bring them into a place like that, which will encourage them and help them. Help them to dream again. Maybe they've done something and it didn't work out how they thought it would. Bring them into a place like this where they can dream again and believe again for whatever God has for them. I don't know what your dream has been. I don't know what your heart cry is. I don't know what your passion is, but here's the thing, God does. And you've got to believe today as you leave that God, just as He enabled Joseph, just as He, come on somebody, just as He enabled David, as He enabled Nehemiah, as He's enabled the, the, the owner of Chick-fil-A, He will enable you. As He's enabled Shem, as He's enabled Jevon, as He's enabled AJ, as He's enabled others, He will enable you. The God of heaven shall give me success. Tap your neighbor and say, I believe it. Come on. Hallelujah. As I finish, for me, success can mean many things. Many things. For me, 
in my life personally, the desire to finish this race that we're on, the serving Christ, I want to do it well. I want to be successful at it, as I'm sure you do. 30 years ago, God changed my life and turned it around, for I was not very successful. I was a drug addict, messed up. I was a biker, dealing drugs and just doing dumb stuff. And I had an encounter with God that turned my life around. My whole desire now in life is to help other people be all they can be in God. In fact, it said, I think the chief end of man is to, to worship God and, and, and basically love Him forever. That to me is ultimate success. Before I close here today, I want to ask you, I've been talking a lot about this God. This God who has brought success to Joseph and to David. And to our lives, He's turned us around. But before this service finishes, I want to ask you this question. Where will you spend eternity? If you were to die today, where would you spend eternity? I always say this at funerals on a tombstone in Indiana was written the statement, Paul, stranger, as you pass by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, soon you will be. So prepare for death and follow me. Someone had come along and written underneath it, to follow you, I'm not content until I know which way you went. Where would you spend eternity? Friend, in this moment, if you're like me 30 years ago, I knew I needed God. I knew the weight of my sin and my guilt and my shame was crushing me. And I needed a touch from God. And in a meeting just like this, as the preacher preached, I could feel the Spirit of God touch my life and touch my heart. And it was like God was calling me, come, follow me. Come, follow me. And that day, I gave my life. I decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Oh, it's not been easy. It's a narrow path. It's not a motorway. It's a narrow path. But I've sought to give my life to Him fully that I might see other lives change. Friend, today, you're in a meeting like the one I was at. Do you need to get right with God? That same King of Heaven might be calling you even right now as I speak. The Bible says that He knocks on the door of our heart. And if we would open that door, He will come in. He won't force His way in, but He will come in. But Pastor, I don't know if God would love a person like me. You don't know what I've done, but friends, I don't, but He does. But here's the thing. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, so that whomsoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. My friend, you want to know how much God loves you? It's this much. He died on the cross of Calvary that you might know freedom from your sin and from your shame. You can walk out of here a free person today, carrying. The Bible says, Jesus said, If you're feeling heavy laden, come to me, and I will give you rest. Would you ask Him into your life today? Would you get right with Him today? 
Friends, the Bible says this, if anyone, Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. Do you need to get right with God today? In a moment, I'm going to say a prayer that says, Jesus, come into my heart. Like me 30 years ago, I sensed the call of God. And maybe He's calling you to today. So looking forward, no one moving. If that's you and you're saying, Pastor, that's me. I, need, I want to be included in that prayer. I need to know this Jesus who you speak about. I need to know that love. I need to know the cleansing and that forgiveness. Wherever you're sitting, wherever you are, would you be bold enough to acknowledge Him by putting your hand up and say, would you include me in that prayer, Pastor? Anyone in this auditorium, you know you need to get right with God here today. Anyone? Nice and high so I can see it. You know you need to get right with God. Is there anyone here today? I don't want to rush because I've missed out on the last service and someone had put their hand up and I didn't see it. You know you need to get right with God today. Anyone here today? Man, I have a sense. Somebody, you're just holding back. Don't worry about what people are thinking on the left or the right. Don't worry who's thinking. You just know that God is calling you right now to make a response to Him. Anybody here today? Come on. Be bold. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Come on. You know that this is your time to get right with God. Anyone else? I don't want to finish this. I have a sense there's somebody else. There's somebody else. God is speaking to you right now. Don't hold back when God is calling you. The Bible says don't harden your heart. Today is the day of your salvation. Anybody else? Come on. all pray a prayer together with that person who put their hand up right now. Lord Jesus, I come to you today a sinner in need of a Savior. Father, I give my life to you. I give my life afresh. I turn from my sin. Help me to follow you all the days of my life that I might dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for that person who said yes.